probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to The Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from harperwharris.com, and joining me again today is... Jenny Law. I am a librarian who likes to tell everyone that I'm a librarian, like most librarians. And if I were in The Thing, in a role, I would be one of the dogs horrified by what they saw when the other dog transformed. <laughs> And uh, I'm her husband, Liam Grove. Uh, I sell wine, and I'm very jealous of the welder's goggles that Kurt Rosenblatt wears. <laughs> so uh, today we're talking about Minute 22 that include those glorious goggles. This minute begins with them kind of examining the, uh, the big ice bathtub block thing, and then uh, ends with them... Uh, looking at the charred, mysterious corpses outside, and, and Kurt Russell asks, uh, asks Doc to find us and then we don't know what what uh, what he's asking for. It's in the next minute. So a big oh. mystery. This one really ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if he's asking for like a spoon. Um, you know, oh, who, is who he knows? Dig in? help is me he find a bouquet in? of flowers. <laughs> like, do you? I mean, because if we, it is a cliffhanger. So like, he could be about to chow down, right? Uh, like, I mean, gets gets uh gets hungry out there. I mean, he's been flying yeah. all day. Yeah. Well, if he's been flying all day, I think we know what he really wants, which is a comb and some hair product. <laughs> he's really got to tame that mane right now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you, yeah. Richard Dysart, if you want to get back to camp, you're going to have to spend some time on my coiffure. <laughs> <laughs> so this this scene is, is pretty cool because this is one of the first, even though you only see parts of it, this is one of the first big special effects shots of the movie because you see a bit of the, uh, what I, I think is, uh, you know, known in, in things circles online as the, the two-face thing or the split-face thing. I call um, him Mr. Double-Face. Mr. Double-Face. I like that. I call him... I call him... <laughs> oh, good. This will be another fantastic word. That you have I call him Melty Steamy. Oh, oh Mr. Melty Steamy. Yeah. That sounds like a character on uh, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Are you... It's just... Is it Mr. or Dr. Melty Steamy? I think of him as Mr. Melty Steamy. He hasn't got so his PhD yet. No, no, no. He's in school. He's in multi-teamy school. He's got to do a practicum first. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were ever going to bring up the ridiculous prequel remake, yes. um, this would be maybe a good time to mention it because they, go, they move heaven and earth to explain where Mr. Doubleface came from, and it is pointless. Yeah, so uh, have you guys both seen the prequel? I have not, and I kind of don't ever want to. So please, I will chime in as you yeah. have seen it. Spoil away. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't give a damn. So, uh, yeah, the prequel obviously tells the story of um, of what happened here at this Norwegian camp. So, you know how last minute we were all talking about how there's it's such a mystery, and there's you know mm-hmm. that's one of the great <laughs> things about it is that you don't really know what happened. Well, and now, they worked very very hard to remove all of that. Yeah, now we well, know exactly what happened. And that's the problem. It's like, okay, are you going to bring up Prometheus? I am. Oh, I'm going to bring up Prometheus <laughs> and how much you love it. Um, 
I, okay, Prometheus tells a story of something that we kind of knew, but I never wanted to actually see it acted out. Much better left of the imagination. Mm. And this, that's one of the reasons why I don't ever really want to see the remake of this. I don't, I, when you have the parameters of a story that have been put in place, the bare bones of something that came before the story you're watching or consuming in some way, I don't think there's really much need to go in and fill that in, put bone, put skin and blood, on, you know, blood and skin and veins, all that stuff mm-hmm. on it. It's it's really like watching two hours of someone narrating while someone acts it out on a screen. Right. And I don't find that remotely interesting. I think Patton Oswalt put it best when he said um, that George Lucas basically looked at all of his fans when he was making the prequels and he goes, do you like ice cream? Well, here's a bag of rock salt. (laughs) Make your own? Yes. It's like, I I bet you want to know where everything you like came from. No, no, we don't. (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean it's it's rare. I mean th- this movie being one of the gigantic exceptions, it's rare for for uh, remakes to work really really well. But it's even more rare for a prequel to work really well. I, I can maybe think of one or two that's that are are decent or that stand up to the original in any kind of way. Um, for exactly that remember, reason, I mean we know where it's going. It's hard to really make any kind of tension when you know exactly what's going to happen. And as I remember, right, I saw it once and then discarded it out of my life and memory but um it ends with the dog running away into the snow and the helicopter chasing it and then it cuts to black right yep it's they even use the same footage of this movie oh god that's terrible um (laughs) (laughs) um uh but i remember watching when that when it was announced that that was what that movie was going to be they weren't just going to remake the thing they were going to make it a a, you know a prequel Mm -hmm. that uh somebody was talking about the the motivation behind it and the whole haunted house thing that we just watched for the past two minutes was they wanted to break that down every single thing in it and explain how it got there and he started specifically talking about the axe in the wall that they walked past that he was like well we got to figure out how you know write that into the script how did that axe get in the wall and i just started screaming at the at the screen i was watching i don't care <laughs> See, I mean, I, I could see it being kind of. I mean, that's an interesting idea. I'm. I would rather them do that than just remake it outright. I remember being, you know, a little more excited about it uh, when they announced that it would be a prequel and not a remake. But, um, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned the this uh, whole thing with a uh, Mr. Melty Steamy. That uh, that that justification is actually the one I have the least amount of problems with in the in the prequel. I think most of the other stuff they do is like a ridiculous stretch. But I actually I think the one thing that I really enjoy about the prequel is the creature designs, even if they totally ruined it with CGI. Um, mm. uh, you know, they they tried to do the whole movie with practical effects, and, and the studio interfered, and there's a whole whole thing with that. But right. I think the designs of the creatures are actually pretty interesting because they play on a lot of the ideas from this movie, but then just kind of go, you know, take it one step further and trying to, you know, do some interesting stuff with it. And the double face thing, although obviously it's like, why didn't he just attack him? But uh, instead of, you know, smushing his face into the other guy's face. Um, (laughs) But it's an interesting idea because I guess it kind of visually puts the whole idea of assimilation very front and center, which is kind of interesting. But um yeah, I, that's one one part of the movie I don't like. Absolutely hate, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a much uh, it's much better just as a visual w- yeah. without any context to it because it's it's 
somebody was just clearly caught in the middle of, of breaking into something else mm-hmm. and in and, and mid-transformation. And, you know, to then find out it was this whole other explanation about two people mashing together or whatever. I don't know, I just didn't need it, but I, I'm sure that point's been been made and uh, over and over again. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you, Harper. I really think that it's rare that a prequel actually adds anything to a franchise or to a bigger story. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why they couldn't have just made made another movie or you know, made another movie in the same universe. You know, like, you know, the thing goes to the, Hollywood. Well, the other another <laughs> adventure Manhattan. of the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if they really wanted to give some backstory to the Norwegian camp, that's, you know, that's fine. But it could have been, you know, when the UFO landed, you know, one alien got off here, another alien got off yeah. there. Or if this was a con- like an actual planned attack, you know, a planned journey, you know, that this was the scout ship and then more came, you know, I just feel like I, I get really frustrated when, well, in particular, like when inside of a movie or a television series, when narrative currency is wasted, but I get really upset when they, you know, when it's not taken advantage of when you could actually cover new ground, if you're making something new, but with the same concept. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was, thinking about the sequel formula so the the second one would be well if you'd go beastmaster beastmaster 2 was lost in time but teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 was lost in time so which which thing sequel would have him go back to medieval times oh would we have to wait till three or four or would you go immediately thing to medieval times well in each of those situations we're just visiting an actual medieval times in each of those movies can you imagine? <laughs> Everyone's chewing on a turkey leg, and one of the horses just things out and kills all the knights, and all the people are just like they've got the turkey grease dripping down their faces, and it's just like you a paint, horrible, you, horrible, you paint a wonderful picture, a horrible, horrible like situation. I like, but it. I would watch it. Oh, totally. I could see there being like, you know, a comedic pause after it happens with the audience. Mm-hmm. And then they all just start cheering like they think it's part <laughs> of the act. <laughs> and, then, um, and then some of the people, um, some of the people start screaming thing, like, <laughs> night thing, night thing, night thing. Because you know, it puts you on to, the red cloak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to, you're supposed to cheer for your night. I'd, I'd be totally game for this, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would... No, sorry. This is this will be very quick and but totally off topic. Um, we had a wonderful interaction with the cast of Medieval Times, um, where we went to <laughs> on Groundhog's Day. <laughs> There's a place locally that has oh, a God. groundhog named General Beauregard Lee, uh-huh. who lives in a replica of like a southern plantation mansion. It's, it's Tara from Gone with the Wind. Okay, it's Tara from Gone with the Wind. And every Groundhog's Day, people, thousands of people gather around to see if he's going to come out at dawn. And to keep the crowd occupied while we're all waiting for this groundhog to come out, 
for some reason, the cast of Medieval Times was there talking about <laughs> how everyone should come to Medieval Times. Had nothing to do with anything that was going on. It was the most weird juxtaposition of like what the crowd was there for, and also we're going to have some other weird thing to entertain you. It was like people in full knight costumes. Oh my god! Yeah, and the king <laughs> looked really strung out. Oh yeah, the king. That was not his. That was way past his bedtime. Well, they called him in on his off day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To come see some groundhog. Well, and this is and this is still off topic, but this was really sad. So he, you know, Beauregard Lee's. I can't remember. Oh, this is still about the groundhog. Okay. I'm not sure if he saw his shadow or not. I can't remember. It's been years, years ago now. But everyone's taking pictures of him, and he's kind of scurrying back and forth in his little enclosure. And then you see him climb up the back gate, like the back fence, about five feet up. And then he just drops and everyone would like gasp. He fell a good five or six feet onto his back. <laughs> like we're pretty sure he was just dead. Like we could not see him. There were no noises. And like for a good five, 10 minutes, we just thought he had like committed suicide because of this whole shenanigan. What does that mean for the coming of spring? <laughs> yeah. That just means we're all fucked. Oh yeah. Um, but then finally we saw him scurry through the underbrush into the, like the weird basement hole that they had in the terror replica. And we were like, Oh, he's fine. And yeah, <laughs> that is actually the link to medieval times because they it will be, be you groundhog or night. We will make a spectacle of your death. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Somehow they managed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, back to the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think at one point you see a groundhog in the transformation. Probably many animals. Oh, it's run into a groundhog before. Who are we kidding? Many animals. Yes. So beasts are fair game. Beast talk is fair game. I think so. Let's see. I need flares, a parka, kerosene, dog food. Wow, who knew moving to an Antarctic base would be so expensive? And I haven't even started looking for roller skates and giant hats yet. It's a good thing I'm using Amazon so I can get the best price and get this stuff fast. And since I'm using thethingminute.com slash Amazon, a small portion of my purchase goes to help The Thing Minute to help support the podcast. Now, if I can just get some of the listeners to use thethingminute.com slash Amazon, I might just be able to afford that flamethrower. So one, one thing I had written down is uh, I love, for some reason, I don't know why, I love Doc Copper's line when they're looking at, when they first see the bodies and he's just like, is that a yes. man in there or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a and, weird line. I don't know why, but I love it. I, I love shots like the first time you actually see any of it and it's in the foreground and it's out of focus. Mm-hmm. And it's just a weird mass of limbs and there's too many fingers. I That stuff to me is so funny because it's just way... There's no context to it. You don't know what they're looking at, but we're supposed to take it kind of seriously because they're going, they're staring at it, but we don't know what they're seeing. And it's just chaos. And I think that is, I think it's brilliant. And I think that's a lot of what most modern horror movies are missing because you either see the monster too soon Mm. and the monster just is not believable or you, the monster just looks like shit, like just straight out. And that's in modern stuff. So to me, like seeing a very cloudy, smoky representation straight off of we don't know if it's the monster and it was killed. We don't know if this is something that the monster did. We just know that it doesn't look right. You know, yeah. the little that we can see, it doesn't look right. And this is just a masterful, slow reveal, you know, to me of what we're in store for. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's we've got haunted house, and now we also have creature. We know this is tied to some kind of creature, whether it is the creature or the creature did it. So right, that's you know. that's what I think is interesting is that they don't specifically tell you what you're looking at. That is this is was this the monster or was this what the monster did to one of the people mm-hmm. or is it some combination of the two? Um, I, yeah, I think it's a it's a great thing to write in the script. Like they see a giant pile of weird body parts or whatever, but then Rob Bottin had to go and design that right. and make it, make it believable. Uh, I don't know. His, his work on this stuff is uh, underappreciated. Yeah. It's, because a, it's it, incredible. When you think about his, his work, you know, you think of the stuff that's in motion, like the, when they go in the dog kennel or something like that, but his, his just still sculptures are so bizarre in this movie. They're great. Yeah. And I mean, uh, th- this whole thing, especially in this scene where you just barely see kind of, out of focus hints of what it actually is. It's just, it's mind boggling just how kind of mysterious and and vague the beginning of this movie is in that, you know, up to this point, all we know is there were these guys coming that were shooting at this dog and acting kind of crazy. Um, You know, they don't, that's, they don't have any kind of suspicion about the dog yet at all at this point. Um, And then they found this base that's totally destroyed. And, and the only person they found in the base has not only slit his wrist, but tried to cut his own throat too. Um, and then they walk outside and find this thing. So it's just like one mystery after another. Like they have no idea whether to think that this is this is the um, the result of a person going insane or some kind right. of virus or you know they have no idea what what this could be at this point. And you're just getting these little bitty hints at what what the actual plot of the movie is going to be at, at this point. It's really really interesting and it's something that you don't not even just in modern horror, but I don't think you see in a lot of horror movies in general. Is this just kind of there's such a vagueness in the beginning. Usually, you know, most horror movies or a lot of that kind of, um, I guess, generic plot template for horror movies is that, you know, you know exactly what's happening from the beginning. You and maybe one other character who nobody believes. Um, yeah. But in this, right. you have no idea what's happening for a long they time. Really, yeah, they, they really don't go to any lengths to explain in the in the movie what this mystery that they're putting in front of you. Uh, at this point in the movie, they don't backtrack and go, oh, we found out this is what happened. It's really just left up to your imagination, which is fantastic. And yeah, I mean, ambiguity is not something that you see in a lot of uh, horror movies anymore at all. It's very like they'll set up a formula and then you watch it play out. But um, this is way out of left field. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and and this scene, you know, we'll we'll talk a good bit more about the <clears throat> Mr. Doubleface slash uh, Mr. Melty Steamy um, as as we go well go more in the week. But um, uh, you know, this is just one of, another one of those moments where the kind of synthesis of John Carpenter's filmmaking style and Rob Bottin's uh, you know sculpture and, and special effects work work really really perfectly together. There's, one is not overpowering the other in terms of kind of mm-hmm. what's you know what's making the tension or what's making the scare. It's really it's a pretty cool um kind of mixture of their their two talents. Definitely. I and um I remembered just as we were watching this minute that uh actually my first exposure to this movie ever was this book that I must have gotten as a kid that was one of these oversized um picture books that they made kind of in the seventies and eighties of just like stills of horror movies where they would write like a little paragraph about each one. And it was just like, you know, before internet research, if you just wanted to find out about a bunch of old horror movies, you know, you would get these from the library or whatever. And there was a picture in that book of Mr. Doubleface, Mm -hmm. but it was not, it was not um, a shot from the movie. It was just like a production still uh, of the, of just the head prop. 
Um, and it's that the image of that stuck with me forever. And I didn't even connect it to the movie long after I'd seen the movie because you never really get that clear a shot of its face. It's always kind of, you know, dimly lit or kind of out of focus or whatever. Mm. But in this book I have, it's this very bright, you know, front lit thing that really shows you all the contours of, of the, the stretchy face part of it. But uh, I, I think it was I still have that book. And it's uh, it's great that. I, I can't believe I remember that just now as we were watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think tomorrow, uh, the next minute is probably a good spot to to really dig into like our, uh, you know, both of yours first uh, experiences seeing the movie because there's not a whole lot going on tomorrow besides flying around in the wilderness. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those movies that uh, you know I think. I would imagine that special effects kind of nerds or, or, you know, horror people that would are reading those magazines and, you know, such a different way to kind of approach it than we do now. Yeah. That this movie probably became pretty legendary pretty quick among men, which is just another kind of seed planted to make this the, the kind of cult movie that it is now, even though it didn't do so well with mainstream audiences when it came out. Definitely. I had one one more quick note. Is yeah. when, that, when you said uh, Richard Dysart was just looking at the pile of burned stuff, um, and he says, is there a man in there? And I, I can't remember which one of them says it, but one of them says, um, maybe they found the remains of some animal and burned it. Are there native animals in Antarctica? Like, did he think it was an elk or something? Penguins? penguins? Yeah, penguins. <laughs> That's a pretty fucked up looking penguin. I mean, it could be like a, like a giant penguin. With 14 arms. <laughs> some sort of mutant penguin or something. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about stories that take place in the same universe. What if the thing had landed and only encountered penguins? An explorer <laughs> fell in love with a penguin. <laughs> and thus begat. Well, things get lonely down there. At, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thus begat. Smurfdorf base. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a thing porno, right? Oh, oh that would be. I know there's an E.T. porn. Really? Uh, I'll show it to Are you his later. Fingers <laughs> it's. One of the most disturbing things. His, his you fingers will ever have to see. be dildos, right? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say safely, I don't know. For any of you who want to remake the ET porn, oh, um, you have my permission to use my idea. Thank of you for adding the dildos. O on the end of porn. <laughs> porn, oh. Porn, oh. <laughs> Everyone would have been confused if you just left it at porn. Right. <laughs> for the layman, it's porn, oh. Well, see, now what you guys have done is made me – now I'm going to have to try and find this E.T. porno and provide a link to it. Just don't <laughs> don't watch the video. You can just put up one of the stills of the costume. It's unbelievably disturbing. Is it sounds horrifying. There's got to be a trailer. Uh, no, this was, this was actually um, – in, in it looks to be shot with a like a VHS camcorder. I don't think you've so ever shown I, me those. Is the guy wearing like the guy? The, I'm guessing it's a guy that. I'm so costume. sorry I brought this up. It's a guy. <laughs> in the don't. You, you're under the impression that I want to keep discussing this. It's a guy in the ET costume. I'm guessing, right? Nope. It's a girl. Yep. Interesting. Oh, very well, progressive. She's wearing some kind of bath mat, right? Bath mat. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just what trying are you to think. Picturing. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What of, in the name of God is in your head? Well, maybe they made the outfit of a towel. I'm just trying to think of what's a large canvas that you could make it a, an ET costume out of pretty easily on a really low porno budget. It's like foam spray painted. Foam. Oh. Yeah. Oh God, this is bad. That's gonna give it's you a rash. Really, 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's going to chafe, too, which I guess is a rash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I can't believe there's a woman in the costume. That just that that just turns everything upside down for me. But there's no thing. Turned it upside down for her. Let me see. There's no thing porn that we know of. I'm going to um, have to find out now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a Wilford Brimley sex tape out there, but that's what they can Okay, no, that's one. that's he we haven't even gotten to him yet. That's something nobody wants to see. Quit bringing this up. In the middle of it, he has to give himself an insulin shot. Hold on. Oh, that's hard. No, I just picture him making those I'm eating oatmeal noises. Oh, there's oatmeal. In it. Oh, oatmeal is heavily involved. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Is he in the ET form? I could see oatmeal somehow being involved no, in, in that the, costume. He's in the cocoon form. Oh, God. Which oh, does take place in a pool. Is it just and him it's screaming? all geriatric. Is it just him screaming I'm cocooning? <laughs> <laughs> Nude never, in a pool screaming I'm cocooning? I'm never going to get old, never going to die, and I'm never going to come. <laughs> you be the big cocoon and I'll be the little cocoon. <laughs> I'll make you young again. <laughs> this needs to happen. I mean, it's, it's ripe with possibilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. He's still alive. I feel bad. He's like in his 80s. I can feel bad talking smack about Wilford. I can 100% guarantee he's not going to he's not going to hear this. You don't think he's going to be the first person to listen to all of this? If I if I get hate mail from Wilford Brimley, I'll consider this podcast a, you know, a huge Wilford success. Brimley, first of all, he doesn't send hate mail. He shows up at your door. <laughs> Well, he might send like a telegram. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be typewritten, whatever it is. I've heard your podcast. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Am not amused. Stop. 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 <laughs> okay. Do stop. not imply about my when I have relations. Stop. <laughs> my cocoons are my own. It's, my, it's a very my private own thing. Purposes. My own purposes. Um. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think we've. I'm good with that. That's a great place to stop. We've porned out and <laughs> we need to stop. Yeah, so, you if know, we keep one going, of the fun, it's just going to get worse. One of the fun things about doing a show like this is coming up with a name for every episode. And let me tell you, <laughs> this week is going to be, it's going to be really difficult to narrow down a good name because there's, there's just so many so far. So. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. <laughs> so I think ET porn and uh, and penguin love aside, I think we've <laughs> I think we've covered minute twenty two uh, pretty thoroughly here. Um, anything else you guys wanted to uh, to touch on before we move on to the next one? I um, think I'm good. No, I don't Richard have anything. Richard name written down. That's that's later on. No, that's later. Yeah. On. <laughs> she just pulled up pictures of the ET porn. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked up. Well, now I definitely have to put this in the show notes. Guys. Oh my gosh! Oh, it is a guy. I misremembered uh, it, it. it. No, it uh, it looks like it's got a vagina. Oh, oh you're still recording. Oh, this is uh, okay. Oh, this is. I I don't think I can. I was gonna send you. I'll send you a picture. Oh of, my god! Yeah. Oh, so oh you my already god! Looked it up. Okay. Yeah, it's like a spray painted trash bag with eyes. <laughs> oh god. It looks like something that maybe a California raisin costume shit out from the middle. <laughs> that is quite disturbing. Yeah, I mean, my question is who, like, who was this made for? Is it made for fans of ET or like well, when, parents when who had to go see ET a bunch? Well, when was it made? Let's let's see. <laughs> 
Yeah, I so mean, somebody like, had to have been sitting in the theater and going, this movie's all right, but I'd really like to see that thing get fucked. So they're like, <laughs> they're, or so they're like, they're like, are they like hate fucking to E.T. because they had to see it too many times? Yeah, I mean, I want to know the plot to this thing, too. I, I'm, I'm extremely curious how this just how this comes about. Well, I will okay. never unsee that for sure. <laughs> yes. And neither will you, listener, if you, if you uh, check out the show notes. We know that your curiosity will lead you to Google this. Be forewarned, adults only. This is bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that will be a great spot to wrap up Minute 22. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I apologize to everyone in the world. (laughs) Don't apologize. They kind of got its eyes uh, right, though. uh, (laughs) It's changed my worldview forever. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Okay. All right, so... I think that'll cover us here for uh, uh, Mr. Melty Steamy, E.T. Porno, Penguins, anything you can think of, uh, Groundhogs, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think yes. we've covered it all. So okay. don't forget, uh, listeners, that you can always check us out on Facebook or Twitter at The Thing Minute. Yes, we got that covered. Nobody, uh, no underscores mm-hmm. for us. So um, if you, uh, you know, join in the conversation there. And then, uh, of course, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper, signing out.